0: Welcome to Females and Fine Fettle, from wiped out to wealthy. This is where conscientious women entrepreneurs and women living like a boss come to learn about balancing their personal and professional wellness with ease. If you have the enthusiasm, motivation, and grit to make it happen, then listen up every Monday. To be sure you don't miss an episode, sign up for weekly updates at femalesandfinefettle.com following discussion is for educational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. Please don't apply any of this information without first speaking with your doctor. Now, here are your hosts, Denise Pasquinelli and Dr. Michelle, your natural women's health advocates who blend the wisdom of ancient healing traditions and the science of functional medicine.
1: Hey there and welcome to episode 40. Today we're chatting with Sarah Blondin who is the writer and creator of the transformational podcast Live Awake. She spends her days raising and wrangling her two young sons in the countryside of British Columbia, Canada. She's currently writing her first book uh, due to release in the fall of 2019. After spending years disconnected and at odds with her inner self and world, Sarah moved from Vancouver to rural BC and took a deep dive within. Through years of introspection and quiet solitude, Sarah uncovered for the first time her authentic writing voice and connected with what she calls a mainline to her divine source of wisdom. She found ways to allow her heart to guide and govern and override the fear and trepidation she had around being vulnerably open. Coming awake to the beauty she believes is intended for each of us, Sarah has dedicated her life to the pursuit of helping others find their feeling hearts again. She hopes that what she has gleaned through years of deep introspection and meditation will assist listeners in turning towards themselves and uncovering the great wealth carried within. We're so excited to have her here today. So, Denise will get us started. Welcome, Sarah Blondin. Well, I was going to start
2: by talking about how much I like your work.
3: Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: And this, I mean, this could be, we could include this in the. Um, yeah, go final, for it. But um, yeah, I, so I discovered your work through the Insight Timer app last mm-hmm. fall at a time when I was totally overwhelmed and uncertain and like life just felt really busy and out of my grasp. I was like, I was juggling a lot in my own business and then I was also working get like all of these other gigs that were very demanding and also in kind of a different field. And I was wrestling with all of these like big life questions about like, what do I want next? And are children a part of my picture? And like, just, Mm -hmm. you know, all of Mm -hmm. these things. And um, I think something in me knew that I needed to get serious about a meditation practice, because I had dabbled in it. But I saw that that was a way for me to um, like ready myself, like prepare myself
3: mm, totally in a, yep.
2: like a very new way for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of like this consistent practice of preparation that more allowed me to show up to whatever I needed to show up to with presence mm-hmm. rather than, you know, that kind of like preparing for each situation as it comes. And, I just realized I couldn't sustain that level of preparation and that meditation offered this depth
3: Mm -hmm. to
2: really like sink into myself and just trust that I could show up and what, you know, deal with these emotional waves that would come crashing over with me or Mm -hmm. different, um, I guess, work things that I needed to do that I felt like I, needed to be prepared for. And so anyway, I got into the app. I think the first meditation of yours that I stumbled on was the discovering your intrinsic self Mm -hmm. or it's, I think it's also called, I'd like to give you permission. Um, Mm -hmm. and I just, I listened to it and after I just was in tears because (laughs) it felt like somehow knew exactly where I was at.
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs)
2: And it was exactly what I needed and I've been hooked ever since. So (laughs) huge gratitude for you. Um, And I think not only on a very personal level, but I also work with women. Um, Dr. Michelle is a functional doctor and I'm a functional nutrition and lifestyle coach. Mm -hmm. So I have women coming to me often um, that one of the things that's at the root cause of their discomfort is this disassociation with themselves. And so I love to send them your meditations. And I know for a fact that the, um, loving and listening to yourself one in particular is super potent for Mm. so many women that I have shared it with. They text me and they're like, Oh my gosh.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I know it's the live awake effect. Everyone's like, "Ah, should I be crying all the time? And I'm like, yes, it's a good thing. I cry the whole time I'm writing them. So no wonder everyone's crying. Mm
2: -hmm. Good. Well, they are (laughs) reaching into people's souls. So thank
3: you so much. Oh, you're so welcome, Denise. I love hearing these stories. It's Mm -hmm. always flabbergasting on some level, right? Because you're just doing your own work and minding your own business and then people say, oh my God, it's Mm -hmm. beautiful. So I guess that's why we show up, right?
2: Mm -hmm. For sure. So I guess I would love if you could tell us about who you are.
3: That's a doozy. Just just an easy one. (laughs) Um. What can I say? I, uh, I'm i originally from Winnipeg, Manitoba, actually. And so I went to school there and I graduated with journalism with the hopes to kind of pursue broadcast journalism. Um, and when I graduated from school, I started doing some, you know, getting some good gigs and doing some work. And then I realized it wasn't deep enough. It was always the same questions. It was always the same kind of repetitive circle. And then I started asking, well, what is it that I'm actually trying to do? And I was was always obsessed with people's stories and just connecting on the human level. And then I started doing some acting because I found that through acting i could actually make um someone watching feel something mm-hmm. so these two kind of worlds started to intertwine with one another and it was it was a human connection piece and it was wanting to help people feel again because obviously like you said um, these women come to you and there's this this disassociation with themselves, which means we're disassociated with our feelings and our hearts and and, and mm-hmm. where we are in all of this in our life as we're pursuing all these goals and doing all these things. There's something else there that we're not paying attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, so long story short uh i was getting you know really good jobs you know things as labeled successful you know i'd have speaking roles on tv and i would be doing these things and there was always kind of this gaping hole or pit that just felt like oh well if this is it this isn't enough and mm-hmm. this is no offense this is no offense to the people in the acting field it just it just didn't fill all the the boxes for me um And I just always kind of felt this deeper meaning wanting to be birthed and this deeper contribution wanting to be birthed. And um, that was a very hard place to be in because I know so many of us want to hear purpose and we want to hear voice and we want to know direction and we want to know what we're doing with our lives and why we're here. And it's a very painful place to sit in because... Uh, there's so many ways we can go and there's so many things we love, but we really want that one thing that sits deep within us and helps, mm-hmm. you know, feel like we're doing the right thing. And you want it to be easy and um, just coming from a really true place in you. Uh, so that's painful when you're not hearing anything um, or so you think you're not hearing anything. Uh, but I was I was very uncomfortable for a very long time. I was living in Vancouver. I was in downtown Gastown, um, and I couldn't hear myself very well. I was so caught up in comparison. I think cities can do that to us when you're really in, in close proximity to people doing all these things. You kind of feel like, you know, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. This person's doing this. This person's doing that. I couldn't hear clearly, right? You know, that whole busy, mm-hmm. ah! and then... I got pregnant with my first son, and Mm -hmm. I couldn't inhabit the world I was living in any longer. As far as the city life, I actually suffered some major psychological psychosis, like problems. I couldn't talk to people. I couldn't walk on the street with having major panic and anxiety. And I just felt completely overwhelmed. And it had always been on my and my husband's list to move into the country. It was just kind of like when and all the logistics. So, In haste, about six months into my pregnancy, we moved and rented a house in a place called Summerland, B.C., Um, and I was literally removed from, you know, having coffee shops right outside my doorstep and yoga studios and my girlfriend's, uh, you know, one phone call away to tumbleweed and orchards. Like that was it. And the town yeah. was like mostly closed it wasn't open on weekends. Restaurants would close on weekends. It was <laughs>
1: the weirdest thing.
3: And I was like, okay, so we're in a ghost town and, um, which the beauty of it was that I was forced to actually meet myself for, the, for the first time, probably in a really clear way. um, mm-hmm. So the country gave me myself and my son gave me myself. And listening to the summons of spirit, I like to call it, um, it was like you have to leave the city. So I listened. And through listening, I went through the very painful process of trying to find out who you are without these kind of um, people telling you or jobs telling you what you are. It was like, who are you without all yeah. of this? Um, so that was about two years though. And I say it, you know, we tell our stories and we forget to tell people that there was about a huge span of time where I was in complete, um, and utter, not knowing up from down and, and deep depression and all of that. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It wasn't like, Oh, it's a quick two years. It was like, it was a really, really, really hard time of, of deep introspection. And from that is where Live Awake came from. Um, I guess I would I, I would say I found my real writing voice because before that I was always kind of writing with this like angst and heartache. And and then all of a sudden, after I had my first child, or in that period, there was a there was more light to it. Some sort of light was born from that. And from coming into the country, there was more hope in my writing all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, that's where Live Awake was born, and that's where uh, my actual, what I believe is my purpose, um, came to be. So, I don't know. If that answers oh, your question, kind of. It
2: it sure does. Yeah, and I love that you commented on those two years, those mm-hmm. hard two years, because I think I think a lot of our listeners are creatives or entrepreneurs or people who kind of have their own hustle mm-hmm. and are working really hard, and from the out like just looking out it can look like people have these instant successes and are just creating all of this attention um and it can feel really like oh my gosh what's wrong with me yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) super lonely what am I doing that's wrong like when is it gonna be my turn I suck I fail Mm -hmm. like all of those musty things so I love when people bring up like oh actually
3: (laughs) Yes. It was a horrible time for it a very hard. long time. And I, yeah, we need to learn to develop. A, and that's what I've really realized is we have to strengthen our relationship with these places and know that there is gifts in them. Great gifts, incredible gifts if you're looking in the right directions. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was definitely not easy and it still isn't Um So you're not alone, everyone listening.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yes. Um, I think you have spoken to this, but I wonder if there's anything that you would like to add about your process. Um, And I think this process specifically for developing your voice in -hmm. this way that uh, has manifested in Live Awake.
3: Um, it's kind of a hard question because it's been happening, you know, it ha- your whole life is, a you know, these moments are a culmination of my entire life, right? Um, developing the voice, so to speak. Um, but at some point I decided that I wanted to be a writer and express myself in that way. And that's when I started going to journalism school. Um, but before that, I had barely even read a book. Literally, mm-hmm. I had kind of skirted through high school, not even reading, you know, it was like, but it there was something inside of me that kind of woke up out of nowhere. And that's why I think we are kind of given these gifts that are just inside somewhere that we just have to follow kind of these little trails that lead us to the ultimate discovery. Mm-hmm. Um so uh, journalism was one way of writing, but it wasn't the type of writing I liked because as you you know, listen on Live Awake, it's all about poetry and heart and all of that. So it was kind of uh, a good way to develop um, a structured way of writing. Um, but I just kept following tiny whispers. Uh, the one was very blatant, go to journalism school, I want to be a writer. That was a pretty loud voice. Um, but then after that, it was just kind of following instinct intuition uh reading a lot of natalie goldberg my dad gave me uh her book writing down the bones when i was just starting out in writing and i didn't fully understand her but something was like you know when you read a book and something just goes (gasps) you don't even know Mm -hmm. what it is yet but you're like i want this i want to follow this something in me is saying yes 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 i don't know Mm -hmm. what yet but i've since written read pretty much every one of her books on writing. And if anybody wants to develop a writing voice, I strongly suggest picking up her work. There's no one mm. quite like her. Great. Um. So it was just kind of following those little voices and then, yeah, going into yourself in a really uh, intimate way in order to find out h- how or what you want to say, I guess. Yes. Beautiful. But it's a process again. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I know you have two small children. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you like survive? survive? <laughs> yeah, like how do you do the work and amidst uh, everything else in life?
3: Well, the really incredible thing about children is I, I, I swear I owe them everything. Becoming a mother, mm-hmm. I owe them all of it. Because before I had children, I suffered from uh, too many options syndrome. (laughs) It was like, it was like, I could do this and I could do this. And then if I actually committed on something, I felt like I was closing a hundred other doors that I was worried about closing. It was like a really weird, um, hard place to be in because I wasn't forced to choose anything. I was just kind of floating around and on a, you know, on a whim, I'd maybe write something or do something. I didn't have this pressure. Yeah. And when you have a child, it's kind of like your whole life gets like put into some sort of pressure cooker and <laughs> you're, you, you, first of all, you're born into a love that you didn't comprehend or couldn't comprehend before. And then uh, you're given very, very, very small windows of time to actually tend to yourself. Um mm. And then there's this beauty of actually giving your entirety to someone else, which I didn't know before. That selflessness, I didn't know. I was very selfish and not in a negative way, but I just didn't understand the concept of giving completely to someone. So some beauty is born from that. And then you're forced to only have like an hour here and an hour there. And you you, you become very disciplined. At least I did for the first time in my life in a way that I had never been before and never been asked to be. So kids helped me. Say you have a window, use it with all of your heart, and you kind of wait for those windows, and you're just like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna get a window! I'm gonna get a window!" And you're like, ah! and then you you really create in a in a more prophetic way than I I did before because I was forced into this kind of pressure cooker that children are, and I swear they brought all of me to the surface and and out of this kind of listless laziness, you know, it was like. I could do this, I could do that. And it was like kids are like, nope, you got one day, you got one hour, woman. What are you going to do? So it really helped.
1: It's like the ultimate in like, um, in like a deadline it's like the the, the shortest deadline (laughs) like okay (laughs) you've got 10 minutes (laughs) I'm gonna wake up from my nap
3: in 10 minutes what do you got it's like oh my
1: god I got everything
3: (laughs) that's what you do you just ride the wave of breaks with kids you're like okay when's my next break and then you love all you can and struggle all you can with your kids in between and then you work again and they give you the most beautiful stuff to work with (laughs) (laughs) um kids really reveal every side of you. You're not, you can't hide and you're shown, you know, all faces of yourself. So they really help as far as, uh, self-help writing goes. <laughs> Good material. Yeah. Like, here you go, mom. What about this? Like, oh, Dang. So
2: how do you ride that wave when it gets really choppy? Um, when things aren't going as planned? Oh,
3: happy waves! Yeah. Um, this has been a really big one uh, as of late for me, especially um, to learn, uh, because I think when things are not going as planned, we're we're being invited or asked to step into this kind of sometimes very uncomfortable place of the unknown. So everything kind of freezes. No inspiration's coming. You only have these set time frames to work and it feels like it's dead. Um, and you're like, oh, you panic. I panic. I go to this panic place immediately and this fear place and this guilt place because I'm like, I should be producing these people or I'm changing people, I'm helping people. And now, and then, you know, it's this spiral. So, what I've been trying mm-hmm. to really learn is this is an invitation. And I I need to practice what I preach as far as the seasons and the incubation and the womb or these dark phases where we actually have to enter back into the earth, meaning we just have to sit in presence and emptiness. And that is so uncomfortable for us <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
3: that we want to run screaming from that place because we really don't have a healthy relationship with the actual gifts that come from there. So I've been really trying to strengthen that muscle right now um, because I've had this lull in my podcast. And every time I go to do it, it feels like it's not there. And I have to override that and accept the invitation to go a little deeper within myself, even if that means not producing anything, and if that means lying on the ground for my whole hour break. Uh, And, you know, it's like going against the pull of society saying, keep doing producing you know so I'm trying to surrender accept the invitation and go lie down outside and just feel good <laughs>
0: because mm-hmm.
3: that's the only thing that's going to bring new life is you know loving yourself and creating an environment where beauty can actually be heard and seen so
0: mm-hmm.
3: yeah try and let go One and a half it <laughs> <at>. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: I love that that actually reminds me of there's a In one of your meditations, I think the one about surrender, Mm -hmm. um, I just love there's an element in that of I think you're talking about um, areas within our body where we feel discomfort. Mm-hmm. And that those are signs of feeling left behind or feeling worthless. worthless. <sighs> yes, yes. Oh,
3: when I wrote that line, I literally bawled my eyes out. It's like, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, that is what it is. We, you know, we're tensing against life, feeling like we're, you know, not in the right place or not doing the right things. And it's really <sighs> just have yeah. to let go of it. Mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Yeah, and I sometimes I just think about how much time I have wasted mm-hmm. in that in that zone of <gasps> I'm not doing enough or fast enough or good enough or better enough, you know, better than this or whatever. The pushing part, yeah. Yeah. And the seeking. I think that there is a Mm, seeking that can feel really organic, and then there's a seeking that can feel really frantic. Desperate, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And (laughs) that really desperate one, I just, oh, it's just such, I'm starting to see what a waste of my life. That is
3: like totally. my vitality.
2: And it's like, let that go, girl.
3: Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, <laughs> I love it. I love that we can, you know, there's both and always and that we're aware of it. Like, that's where it's so beautiful. We experience these things just so we know they're there. And I feel that too is and I start pushing and I'm just sitting on my computer, like reading emails or something. And I'm like, what are you doing, Sarah? <laughs> are you nurturing yourself in any way right now? And it's like, yeah. no, no. Like, go make yourself a smoothie and go for a walk. That is what will bring new life, right? Mm-hmm. Totally waste, total waste. Yeah. But it's also super normal. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, it's part yeah. of, we're just, we're learning. We're like little babies, we're figuring it out.
2: Yeah. Well, and so I, this is another thing I love about your work. You talk about how did you start the podcast with, it's time to remember. Mm-hmm. This, that, the other, and I love that language of Brown remembering, mm-hmm. um, suggesting that it is already inherent. We know, mm-hmm. but maybe have forgotten. Um, I there's something about that language that I find to be so gentle and. Um, Welcoming,
3: mm-hmm. yeah. I did a whole, a few episodes on remembering, and I it was just like given to me as an insight, as it usually was. It was like, you're just remembering everything, <laughs> <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. kind of why we're here. It's this beautiful process of like, oh, it's all in there, and then we're learning with mastery to remember it and the magic keeps coming up and coming up. And the more you're paying to this magic and the more you're doing this self-care practices and all of that, the more it's waking up and you're just like, "Ah." Mm -hmm. love, 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 love. So much love inside of you. Yes.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. I love that you brought up self-care. I wonder if you have any, other particular self-care practices that help you recharge. If you want to share, we, Dr. Michelle and I talk about non-negotiables quite a bit with folks, and that's, um, you know, what is what is something that can be in your life that is non-negotiable that is going to add to this sense of health and vitality. And they could be tiny things, or they yeah. could be big things. I'm non-negotiable. Curious. Yeah.
3: How- Coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry for all the people weaning themselves about coffee. Um, I need coffee. I need my writing time every day. And I need nature time every day. Those are totally Mm -hmm. negotiable. Um, It was so funny. I had a day off without my kids the other day. And I had been in the pushing phase like you are or have been. It's just like push, 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 push. And I, I just went outside for a walk. And it was like the whole sky opened up and gave me like 20 poems. And it was just like, oh, my God, it's the pushing is a fear reaction. And if you just step away from the pushing, you step out of the fear and you step into self-care, whatever that looks like for you and me, that was walking really slowly outside through my fields. And then that's where the gifts are. It's so crazy that life keeps showing us that you just have to feel good. And you will (laughs) be given everything. I just had to move out of the city and stop comparing myself to everyone I saw on the street and sit by a tree and feel my actual nature being mimicked in nature. And then Live Awake was born. And my authentic writing voice was born. And, you know, it's like you just have to feel good. So Mm. if you're not feeling good your whole world is going to mimic that not feeling good. So what can you do in that moment to take care of yourself? I'm very fierce with my husband in, and I'm blessed to say this, but I get mommy day every Friday. So Mm. he works from home. He takes the day to take care of the boys and I just go and do whatever I want. And I'm so blessed to say that I realize this is not, you know, a thing afforded to everyone, but I have claimed it and I've decided it for myself. And, and the world kind of helped meet me in that way. My husband's not the same type of person. He doesn't really, you know, he doesn't need the really introspective contemplative time. Um, but for me, those are non-negotiables. It's like mm-hmm. I just, I need that time. Otherwise, something dies inside of me that I need to keep, um, keep alive, keep watering, right? Mm-hmm. So lots of self Like alone time too. I don't fill my time with people either because I want to um, be able to hear what, you know, sometimes I need people. Of course I do. But I just really love my alone time.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you ever felt like any kind of like a sense of risk or super terrified when it comes to your
3: work or, what you're putting out into the world. Um, I think starting was the biggest one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like actually putting out the first podcast. um I don't most of my written work is are journal entries that I've written to myself. So I'm not thinking about the world. I'm not talking to the world. I'm talking to myself. So, when I put them out, it's like putting my entire interior world out into the world. <laughs>
0: um,
3: so, starting that was like, okay, so you're taking your journal entries, but nobody was listening at first and it was all <laughs> fun and it was like, oh, no big deal. And now mm-hmm. I put them out and I have this heart pounding, like, <gasps> here it goes again. Um, here we go again, you know, being out in the open. Um, yeah, so the biggest risk. And I think. Think uh, where you'll probably get the biggest reward is if you're just vulnerably, embarrassingly who you are. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I uh, love
2: that message.
3: Yeah. In your business, not trying to pretend you're, you know, plowing through anything, but you're just a person being human. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, just starting was probably the riskiest part. Um, and it's, it just feels the same kind of, but risk is like this superficial layer that you just have to get through and then you know Mm -hmm.
1: I heard something the other day actually that just in 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 line with what we're talking about here that that insecurity or that that fear actually (laughs) means that you you can do it and you have that ability to do it whereas like for example, if you see the Grand Canyon, you're not going to get scared or insecure about jumping across because you can't jump across, right? Right. Like that's, oh, you're not good gonna one. have that insecurity. But mm-hmm. if if there is something in your life, that insecurity is actually like the universe saying, Hey, you need to do this. Cause yeah, right. you need to be cautious. You need to, you know, be aware, you know, you might need to learn some skills, but like you have that ability. And that just like kind of blew my mind when I heard that.
3: Totally, yeah, I love it's it. I love, love that signposted imagery. Yeah, you wouldn't be scared if you were at the. Ground.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. It's just not an option. <laughs> You're not gonna do it. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> no, I know, and that's what I've really heard. Especially, you know, um, the bigger things, are, the more people are kind of saying, you know, live awake. You need to stretch farther into the world. We need more of this, you know, message. And I'm going, no, 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 no. <laughs> but that's just fear, right? It's 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 usually at this edge of evolution that you meet with this massive wall of fear and it's actually just your natural progression in, in evolving. Yeah. We just have to be wise and not staying stuck in the fear exactly. and, and just realizing it's just one little pathway you have to go through before you, you expand into something bigger and then you're going to have to be do, it again and mm-hmm. do it again and do it again and do it again. But I think we can get really stuck if we remain identified with the fear and then we actually shut down. Mm -hmm. And that's when you see the depression and all of that um, kind of showing up is if you're actually just neglecting to keep moving.
0: Mm.
2: Yes. I love that. (laughs) I was just thinking about, um, I guess sometimes maybe I saw this somewhere, but um, and it, this kind of is similar to the Grand Canyon idea of, mm-hmm. you know, being at the edge. You know, you get mm-hmm. excited about something that you're gonna do or that you're gonna put out in the world and there is a little bit of a gap between that sense mm-hmm. that idea and then it actually coming to fruition in any, in any way. Mm-hmm. And that's usually like a deep walk into a canyon. <laughs> oh um, and the that, that is
3: canyon, yeah.
2: Yeah. And that that is part of the process, but it's one that is always hard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's hard when you're in that point of being at the bottom Um, and then, yeah, dealing with that.
3: Well, yeah, because you're not just dealing with the fear, you're dealing with all of this self-talk, right? And, uh, you know, all of these kind of stagnant belief systems that you've been carrying around your whole life, like you're not good enough, or you shouldn't do this, or who are you? And (laughs) you don't even have to name the voices, but they're just there screaming, right? Yeah. I, I try to keep, like, in my head, like you know, Oprah or Tony Robbins, like they had to, they had to stand there so many times to the point where now it's just so comfortable because they've, you know, they've gone through the fear so many times that there's nothing to fear anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. And they've gotten to a place where they're so confident in their, in their beinghood and what they're offering. It's like, okay, they did at some point have to come to these same walls and just say, nope, (laughs) I'm more, I am more, I am more. And I yeah. just always have the mantra, like, I, I trust divine goodness to lead. I trust, I trust, I trust yeah, to keep leading me. Yes. Yeah. Because we get stuck.
2: Yeah, we do get stuck. Um, are there other um books or blogs or
3: podcasts that you're just loving right now? Uh, big on being fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Krista Tippett, she's awesome. I love everything she talks about. Other um, blogs—I'm not really a blog girl—but books. I've rave and rant about *Women Who Run with the Wolves* um, by Clarissa Pinkola, Doctor Clarissa Pinkola,
0: <laughs> and
3: uh, <laughs> she just really introduced the mystical, poetic language that I feel is missing so much in our world. Everything's so. A dry, and she was like, Oh, there's magic and fairies and love. Mm. And I was like, oh My God. So <laughs> she really opened. She allowed me to speak in ways that I wanted to or helped encourage that. Um, and again, Natalie Goldberg with Writing Down the Bones, if anybody wants to, I think everybody should be writing, period. I think it's the most therapeutic thing, helpful thing you can do for yourself is have a flow writing practice where you're not censoring yourself, but you're just letting your whole interior world come out because then it's not hiding in you anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so she really gives you some practices to just speak your world. Um, but yeah, those are... Some big ones for me. And I love Tara Brack. Tara Brack has a great podcast. Mm, Yeah. Really beautiful, gentle mindfulness practices that are just heart, heart rubs.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sweet. If you, We have this question, and I just love it, um, especially after talking about magic. So if you had a little magic in your pocket, what is one thing you would love to change in the world?
3: Oh, magic in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Um. I think we'll go full circle here and touch on what you said about women coming and having the disconnect with themselves. I think if I could, I would change people's heart relationship. So the way they are in touch with their hearts. So I would kind of put this magic that all of a sudden stop their seeking outside of themselves and help them somehow direct just attention. That's all you need. (laughs) <laughs> to your own heart and that means literally just the beating of your heart <laughs> mm-hmm. or just the feeling of your lungs or just you know the functions of your body is is if you just turn and feel into them for a few minutes a day you're kind of trans you will transform your life so if I could do that I would take everyone's gaze from looking outside desperately and frantically and switching it right back to themselves. Yes. Wouldn't that be beautiful? beautiful. Imagine we were all (laughs) Yeah. You'd feel, oh my God, it's all there. We don't even have to work at it. It's just, you you just have to choose it. So that's what I would do. Just change
2: our right. I love it. And that's, I mean, it feels rebellious to do that too.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it feels rebellious. It feels kind of like... (gasps) <gasps> who are you? Yeah. Yeah. Why are you taking time to do that?
2: Yeah. Well, and just that seeing that uh, value, current mm-hmm. value in yourself. Um, I think that challenges some parts of our, our culture. Yeah. And some parts, all, all parts, all the part. Yes. All the parts. So yeah. I, I love I've, that.
3: Yeah. I was listening to Oprah and she was talking about one of her because Oprah kind of paved the way for her soul talk and mm-hmm. she was she did in the 80s or something like that she did an interview with someone and 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 someone recommended that the mother you know she needs to incorporate first herself and the crowd booed
0: aggressively
3: oh. like boo how dare you you know wow. for your children but that was like 1982 so we're talking like a few days ago <laughs> that was our psyche or that was like kind of where we stood as a culture was like, you do not put yourself first. You put everyone else first. So it's a long line we're working against. Yep, But we're getting there.
2: We're remembering. We're remembering. remembering.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I have kind of a quick question for you. So. Our, um, our sort of theme this month is stress and resilience. And I'm wondering if the, if you have a specific podcast episode, um, for yourself or, um, a specific meditation that you think would be kind of perfect for our audience, for our listeners, Mm. one that that maybe you put together that would be a, I don't know, something to kind of go in line with that.
3: Um, I think the surrender one really speaks to uh, stress and resilience and just letting go of your, you know, frantic control tendencies. Um, So learning surrender is the best one for that, I think. And what else is there? I don't know if you want to listen to on being, there's an episode called, uh, a soul in depression or a spirit in depression. And I know that sounds intimidating and people are like, I don't want to talk about depression <laughs> and it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't like, it- it's very, very important and it's beautiful and it will help you see that, you know, if you are in a state of stress, that there is a way out and it does have a purpose also, you just have to shift your perspective. So
2: Mm. I list, I actually listened to that episode also. Yeah. Did you yes, love it? Yes. I loved it. And one takeaway that I had that is in line with this okay. topic was um, about how to be with somebody who is in Ugh.
3: depression. I got goosebumps in that part where that guy just showed up to rub his feet. Yes. I just, <laughs> I just I cry. Cry- <laughs> I cried. I cried. I was like, oh, my God. All I would want is someone to show up and rub my feet. It was the most beautiful, but I didn't even realize that that's the type of presence I would want. Yeah. Like, I think we don't even know what we need when we're in those places. Yeah. The wordless nature of just nurturing and being witness. I think we just need witnesses. (sighs) You know, someone to sit with us and that will help it lift. It was so beautiful. I Mm love that. too. It really resonated.
2: Yes, and I think we probably all have somebody in our lives that is
3: is going through something, yeah.
2: Going through something, yeah. And I know it can be easy to not know how to what to do or how to be with somebody, and I just loved the message in that podcast was to simply be there.
3: Simply oh, be there. I know. Really I, just, I catch myself, too, like trying to problem-solve right away. Like I'll be like, well, but babe, or like to my mm-hmm. husband, like let's look at this, and I can feel him getting annoyed and I'm like why are you annoyed I'm trying to help you and then I'm like oh yeah. <laughs> you take the cues sometimes we do need stroking sometimes we do need literal words that are like but we have to just really pay attention to people's cues because he doesn't like it he's like I just need to talk about it
2: <laughs> yes okay Gosh. right right So I guess I'll just bring up another time that I burst into tears listening to some (laughs) of your work. Um, (laughs) In the there's the one about presence.
3: Mm -hmm. Stepping, yeah, oh yeah, that one's a good one.
2: And it speaks directly to what. uh, Well, there's a part of that where you imagine gazing into the the face of somebody that you love Mm. and there's the question about what are the colors in their irises Uh. (laughs) and uh, speaking into that, you know, how do they, can you see how they unfold when you give them their full full presence? Mm -hmm. And I just, that just really (laughs) cracked me open, um, especially in like a romantic part or really any, any,
3: really anyone, my kids, I can do it thinking of them. yeah. Thinking about
2: how special it is to be with someone just with your attention. Oh
3: my God. Hard. Yeah, that's it. Like genuinely listening without wanting to speak or anything. It's just like, and I, I have a gratitude practice where I just lay there and I give myself. Um, 10 minutes of head-to-toe self-love. So from toes to ankles, like literally body organ love, just saying I love you to each of my body parts. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, I just go through a uh, a thank you, a gratitude. And it's it's never for anything I have except for people. It's literally like I just I'm like, ah, oh, it's all about these beautiful people that are beside us. You know, even when our relationships are strained and ugly and hard. I'm just so grateful to have them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like what what like I can see it when I literally stop doing what I'm doing if I'm talking to my little boy, if I just look at him in the eyes, it's like his whole being lights up. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that it's the gift. It's like oh, I'm here and someone cares. And it's like, uh, I yep. care. I so care. And we forget <laughs> that we care. We forget that we care. You know, we're so Inward gazing, you know, just busy, 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 busy in our heads. and then, yeah, biggest gift for sure, yes, uh-huh.
2: um, well, is there anything that you're currently working on that you would like to tell our audience about? Um I
3: yeah, sold my <laughs> first book, <Yay! gasps> hey! um. So I I don't know if I'm allowed to like announce everything yet, but it's sold and um, it's supposed to come out in the fall of 2019. So the book is going to be all about that magic on how to uh, reconnect with your hearts and just come back to yourself. And each of the chapters is going to have one of my live awake or new meditations like live awake style. And um, yeah, it's going to be a pretty interactive book. Mm, and it's yeah really exciting (laughs) but it's so funny because I had always dreamed um, of being able to say I'm calling my editor you know that was always a dream (laughs) (laughs) and then I called her and it was like okay so just write your book and I'm like so like you're not gonna hold my hand through the whole book or we're not and she's like no go write your book and I'm like um so you're not (laughs) You know, <laughs> we just have to do our work and no one's gonna help us, so that was a good lesson, but yeah, so that'll be out soon. Um, and also, just a little heads up is live awake has to be rebranded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, when I started live awake, I didn't trademark. Have you, lady, trademarked?
1: No, not
3: no, bang! Okay, so, don't get too big mm. and exciting because without trademarking, because Somebody, I'm infringing on someone. No, really living awake.
1: Oh, my goodness!
3: I know, and I so it's very close, I guess it's too close for comfort. So I have to change my branding, which is really Mm. sad. Um, but just a heads up for people listening that that will be happening. Mm. So we'll see what's born from there, right? (laughs)
1: Yeah, new door open, yes, right?
3: (laughs) Oh. Anyway, just a thought.
2: Okay. Well, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, well, is there anything <laughs> I didn't ask? Anything no, else? No, I you- loved
3: it. That felt okay. so meaty and good.
2: Yeah, it did. Yay. That was so wonderful. <laughs> um, we could direct our audience to how to find you, but do you want to just
3: say? Yeah, you can. You can find- mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if you're looking for more of Live Awake stuff, you can just find my stuff at liveawakeproject.com. Perfect.
1: All right, ladies. That was so fun. Thank you so much, much, Sarah. Yeah, that was fantastic. So there you have it. I hope you loved meeting Sarah Blondin. She is such an inspiration. And definitely go check out one of her meditations if you haven't already. Um, She's just amazing. Also, be sure to tune in next week in episode 41. We're gonna be talking about how stress affects our weight. Very interesting stuff. Until then, have a great rest of your week and we'll talk soon. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to Females and Fine Fettle from Wiped Out to Wealthy, a podcast to fit your lifestyle. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review at femalesandfinefettle.com. If you have questions or topic ideas for upcoming episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Please be sure to tune in next week.